Now then, Johnny Tudor, you know, the thing is, even when you go around doing other things like getting vaccinated for COVID-19, your past doesn't quite <laughs> yeah. escape you, does it? I was in a line, right, waiting to go in. It was raining. No, it's snowing, actually, slightly snowing. And there was a huge line waiting to go in. And uh, this woman says to me, hey, you're that bloke off a telly. I said, what do you mean? She said, the governor's state says, how would you recognise me? I said, I've got a mask on and it's dark. She said, I recognise your eyes and your voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know a gig like Gavin and Stacey when you when you get the call for it well I mean do you think well this is you know just another job do you realise it's going to be when you read the script do you think well this this is going to be a big one this is going to be a, a good one well I didn't even have a script what happened was my agent rang me up and funny enough I was going to see Ruth Maddock she was appearing at the new theatre and I was going to see, and my agent rang me up and said no I got an audition for you in the Royal College of Music um, just go along there she, he said they'll have a script so I went in and they just chuck a script at you for 10 minutes before you go in. So you just have a quick look at it. And um, nobody knew this was going to be a huge success as it was, obviously. Uh, it was just another another gig. So I um, I read the part of Dave Coaches, see? Oh, right. Um, and uh, they liked what I did, but they said, oh, we, we don't think you look like a bus driver, you know. I said, oh, all right, then. Well, thank you very much for your time. And <laughs> don't I'm look a... like a bus driver. Well, that's Because that's what it was. He was a bus driver. He did quote it. Not, not that Stefan looked like a bus driver. I'm thinking really... say, yeah, he'd be so pleased to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I think they just had a, a, a kind of character in their mind, you know. yeah. I, I might have been too old for the part as well, to be fair, because he ended up being, his, being Ruth's girlfriend. I'm a, a bit older than her, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so I read this part, and they, they liked it, so. Uh, I'm on the way out, and they said, oh, wait a minute, uh, come back a minute. Can you have a look at this part? And it was the, the photographer at the wedding. So I, I did that part. They said, no. I said, oh, what about the disc jockey, they said. I said, well, any script? He said, no, just add lib it a bit. So I had libbed a bit of disc jockeying and, you know. Go on, do it now. Go on, go on, do it, do it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the next record today will be uh, uh, Shaking Seams singing uh, This Old House. <laughs> Whatever I did, I can't remember now. And then anyway, they said, uh, okay, and off I go. I haven't gone like uh, half an hour away and the phone goes, you got the part. <laughs> so I said, oh, what, the the, the uh, disc jockey? Yeah, the disc jockey, they want you to do it. I said, all right. So I go in, and it was quite a nice part, if I remember. I was getting all the words wrong on purpose. It was in the script. Ladies and gentlemen, please gather round. The bride and groom are now going to take their first dance. Right, we've got a special treat for you now, ladies and gentlemen, from the mother of the groom. So a big hand for Pat. It's Pam, actually. <laughs> all right, chill out, love. Kevin and Tracy are about to leave, so let's give them a good, well send off. Uh, Kevin and Tracy, I was calling them, <laughs> things like that, you know. And um, and that was it. I thought that'd be the end of it. I did this nice little cameo, and uh, it was in the in the wedding scene. It was quite good. And then I get another call. Then uh, John, can you come back in? What, what for the discharge? Oh no, um, we got you another job now. What am I? I said, you know, the bingo caller. <laughs> so I, I, they had this scene in the bing in the bingo, which is me doing the bingo. Again, I was ad-libbing, you know, all the sixes, clickety-click, and I'm doing all these things. They said, how do you know all this? I said, I work the clubs long enough to know all these things. They said. All right, Bryn. All right there, Di. How are the family tonight, is it? Well, I'm Dave. Do you know David? All right, Di. How's it going? Dave. Dave coaches, Dave. I don't know you, but you know my wife, Maria, from the clinic. I'd send her your love, but we all know where that gets you. 
And uh, it was a lovely little part again. So I thought, that was it. It's gone. No. Ne- next series, get another call. <laughs> or uh, you've got a cafe. No, you <laughs> you got Marco's cafe. You're the boss of Marco's cafe. So I became Marco. It, it reminded me of when I did Funny Thing on the Way to the Forum. I played a part called Protean, which is um, Latin for a man of many parts, right? And this is what I was. I was doing all these different jobs. So, I mean, I must have recognised it was the same bloke. <laughs> so you were different characters, but you weren't just Dave the Bingo Caller. They were all separate characters. Yeah. I think the Bingo Caller was, I don't know what he was called. I know that the, no, the Bingo Caller was called Die, I think. <laughs> and then I was Marco after. Marco. But people oh. remember me as Marco for some reason. Yeah. Um, uh, working in that environment, because obviously there's a close-knit team, you know, there's Ruth and there's James Corden and like, yeah. Larry yeah. Lamb and Alison and, and, you know, all that that, that little gang. Um, when you go into a, a company like that, you know, and they, they happen in theatres as well as television, um, how, how difficult is it? Do you, you know, do you feel like an outsider? Well... Not really, because the first bit I did was the very first series. So they hadn't been together much themselves, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in in the makeup um, caravan getting made up, and I'm sitting next to Ruth, and I'd never met her before. And she said, oh, John, thank you very much for doing this for me. I thought, oh, it's a pleasure, I said, you know. And he said, it's another job, love, I'll do it. Um, because I think what it was, she'd, she'd started – working in, in the theatre in Porthcawl, and she, I think one of her first jobs, and when she got her equity card, was playing a ninja turtle when a standstill at pantomimes. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mal Pope. First, will you please welcome the lady who can thank her fat friends for helping to change her life. Ruth Jones! But, you, you know, your first steps on the ladder, you've got to get a good part under your belt to get your equity card. What, what was the first role you had? <laughs> I played a ninja turtle <laughs> in Stan Stennett's pantomime in fourth core. Yeah. So, um, a very demanding role. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was specifically to get my equity card. And uh, so I shifted a lot of scenery and uh, came on as a ninja turtle at the end. So being a fourth call girl, she probably saw me plenty of times doing panto down there. Yeah. And uh, she probably thought, oh, well, you know, he's, he's too big just to do two lines. Nobody's too big to do two lines. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every job is good, you know. So she was very nice to me. And then, um, then of course, I met Larry Lamb, who was a, a lovely bloke, and Alison Stedman. I got on great with Alison, you know. I said, because she's from Liverpool, see, Alison. And I love doing the Liverpool accent, so I was doing it. I like their lad, how's it going? You know what I mean, eh? And we're doing all this stuff. And uh, she said, um, have you worked a lot in Liverpool? I said, yeah, I did a panto, I said, in Liverpool. I said, I was in the Royal Court in 1972 with Barbara Windsor. She said, I saw that pantomime. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I was in the Everyman Theatre. I've just started out. She's a bit younger than me, I think. Um, and she'd actually seen the panto. That was a coincidence. Well, I just got on really well with her and Larry Lamb. I mean, Ruth was busy doing her thing. So obviously, you don't get close, close to Ruth when she's working because she's very conscientious and that, you know. And, and the same with um, uh, James Gordon, you know. Mm. But they were all very nice. There was no problem with anybody. Of course, Maggie, John, I knew. I'd worked with Maggie before she was lovely. You know? Fifi Lamar! <laughs> Mr. Salami! <laughs> Mr. Salami! 
You know, it, yeah. it is, it's funny, isn't it? You know, you say about you're never too big for a two-part line. Um, yeah. I, I've met lots of people who, particularly in music, you know, if you get a big tour, you're touring. Yeah. I, I remember Terry Williams, the drummer from Dire Straits. You know, he was with Dire Straits, going on these massive world tours, and there was lots of downtime, but everybody thought he was too big or too important or too busy to give him a call. So he had lots of weeks and months when he had nothing on and he would have, you know, in the end, we you put a pub like, band together called the Trevor Trot Trio. There were five of us and we right. all made £10 a night, you know, but it was great to oh, play. Wasn't his father the organist in the railway club in Swansea? Roddy Williams. Roddy was the... <laughs> it's in the family. It was in the family, yeah. And he yeah. remember doing the club and he said, oh, my boy's clack cracked it. He said, he's going to die straights. <laughs> I remember that girl, blinking out. So you do the first series, um, yeah. it, it came out, and it, was it a big success straight away? I'm trying to remember now, or was it a bit of I a grower? It, I, I think, well, it was a grower. It started on uh, BBC Four, right. or was it BBC Three? three. Was it BBC Three, maybe? BBC Three it started mm -hmm. on, and it, it started to build and build and build. And then I think, I'm not sure if the next series actually went on three again, and then it, then they transferred it to one because it was such a big success. Mm. I mean, it was just one that it just took off. I mean, yeah. and I, I know why, because it was real. The right. people weren't trying to be funny. I remember going to um, a, a writing seminar once when I, I was writing a bit of comedy myself. And I went to a writing seminar with um, uh, Neil Simon's brother, Danny Simon. Right. Uh, he was in London doing, a, doing a, a seminar. So I went and there were lots of people there, you know, you know well-known people and so on. And he said, you don't tell people jokes in situation comedies. The situation is the, is the comedy. You play it straight, and that, and that's why it, it well it went well because everybody played it like characters. You yeah. know they weren't telling each other jokes. I, it's funny because um, what was that series? Oh, Birds of a Feather. That's right. And the writer was there. So is that something in Marx? What were they called? Oh, the writer Grimes and Marx. Uh, Some, not Groucho Marx. Anyway, Groucho Marx. Anyway, they were there, and um, they said there was quite a few of us. There was about forty people in the room. Um, would you like? see one of our episodes, he said, and perhaps you can give us some crit. What do you think about it? He said, well, as long as you don't mind me telling you the truth, says uh, Danny Simon, see? He said, but we must tell you before you see it, it's a very successful series. So his answer was, there's a lot of successful crap on television. <laughs> That's the first thing he said. And he watched it and he said, it's two broads telling each other jokes. He said, it's not a si where's the situation here? He said, you've got a guy in jail we never see. What, you don't need him. What's he? And they said, oh, well, funny enough, they said that. We tried to sell it to America. They said the same thing. Because if you look at American sitcoms, they're very, uh, like, like Cheers. It was fantastic. I love Cheers. And there's a laugh every 30 seconds. Or is it, you know, yeah, something. they work it out. James Corden. Now, James is yeah. an interesting character, isn't he? Because... You know, he was, um, well, you know, he was in Fat Friends with Ruth. I remember interviewing Ruth about uh, Fat Friends that uh, she, they were in together and then they started writing together. To Fat Friends, the crew must have been happy, the cast must have been happy to get the, the BAFTA nomination. You were there with Rob Brydon. Yeah, Two yeah. people from Porth Call at the same dinner. Yeah. Alison Steadman. I think, um, I mean, Alison Steadman is... She's kind of up there for me on a, on a pedestal because I just think that her and people like uh, Julie Walters, are, I just think, are amazing actresses. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that they, they just change with every part that they do. They just kind of really immerse themselves in that character. And that's kind of what I like to do, really. Well, I hope the, the new series, because you're doing a new series of Fat Friends, I hope that goes one better and does win the BAFTA. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruth Jones. I mean, yeah. to see him become a worldwide international star 
Were you surprised? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the I, it's I, not the person you'd probably choose, is it? No, I am surprised to be. I mean, he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but I, I the Americans have just taken to this character, this personality he's got. I mean, is it the X Factor? Who knows? I remember somebody came to a, my my studio in Treboth in Swansea. And he said to me, I, I love, I love this studio. And I'm thinking, is it the, you know, is it the snare drum sound? You know, is it the way we mic up the cymbals? He said, because yeah. I can go home for lunch at lunchtime, see? Because <laughs> he lived around the corner. It was a nice I gig know. for you because, what, you could, <laughs> you go for tea. <laughs> That's right. The first one we filmed up at, um, it was the wedding scene, and we uh, we filmed it up at uh, Thornhill, one of those hotels on Thornhill. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next one we did in a club in Barry. Mm. Funny enough, I'd worked this club in Barry before as a as a gig, you know. When I did the the um, the bingo caller, and then the last one we filmed, uh, well, in, Mar Mar in Marco's Cafe yeah. down in Barry Island, you know. I mean, some great lines when you were Marco. Hiya, and you for the job interview, Cece Shipman. Can you make tea? Yes. Coffee? Yes. Where can you start? <laughs> Stace! Sorry, Marco! Come on, I got seven Elvises. You're all gasping for a cappuccino. <laughs> and all these Elvises dressed up. It was like a, a skit on when all the Elvises got a Porth call, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we had some fun. We had some fun. And of course, that series then goes all around the world, doesn't it? You know, I know. It? I'm still getting residuals. It's very nice. Fantastic. <laughs> I tell you what, at the time I had a good agent and he must have done this this good deal where I get a, a cut of the, the DVD sales. You know, not a cut, but a, yeah, yeah, a percentage. Yeah. Because nobody knew it was going to be this huge hit. So this is like, yeah. I like they have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've had more money from that than from the, the repeats. Because every it's Christmas they go up and buy them, you know. Yeah, it's like Alec Guinness, isn't it? They couldn't afford him for Star Wars, so he took a took some points on the took, film. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine what you mean? Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> um, do you think, you know, they, they had a Christmas, you weren't in the Christmas special, were you? I was disappointed oh, no, you weren't in the no. Christmas special. But there, there is room, there's definitely room for another another big one, isn't there, to come back with? Yeah. I actually sent her a message. I said, Ruth, I said, it's a lovely, I mean, you've got the character, because it was such a long time after the series when they did the, the special. And I, and I felt that the, the, the chemistry between the characters was just as good. And I just sent her a message telling her that. And yeah. she sent a message back, said, oh, thanks, John. I'm glad you liked it, Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I contact her occasionally. She contacts me sometimes. I remember she did, um, she did a part playing um, uh, Hattie Jakes. It, she did a biop of, of Hattie Jakes and um, she sent me a picture. She said, what do you think of this picture, John? <laughs> no, she's a very, she's a very private person is Ruth. Um, she's not the type you could like knock on a door and walk and have a cup of tea. I, and I would, I'd feel uncomfortable doing that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But she's always been very nice with me. And I, you know, I respect her that what she wants to keep at a, at a distance. You know, I've got a phone number, I've got a house address, I've got an email, but I'd never give it to anybody. Yeah. Not unless she told me to, yeah. because I think it's it's bad bad news, you know. Well, again, whereas Larry, I mean, I'll ring him up, hey, Larry's a good boy. You know what I mean? Well, maybe you ought to ring him, see if he'll come on the podcast. What do you think? I've, I've already rung him. He said he'll do it. Has he? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that'll be, he, he that, said, that'll be brilliant. He's with pleasure, John, is what he said. Let me know. Oh, we'll, we'll, I said, I'll run it past Mal and get, we'll work out a date. So perhaps we can get him on next week or something. Oh, that'd be fantastic. You know, I'm just, yeah. just thinking about uh, Ruth. You know, she was an actress. I remember interviewing her, as I say, when she was on this programme called Fat Friends. And yeah. then to move from being, you know, the the actor 
to the writer it's a big leap isn't it you know not just for her but for people around you because people might keep on saying this you know we're talking about to ruth maddock about it people like to be pigeonholed you know you think of ruth as being yeah. you know gladys Pugh, not about her being in rada and being you know right. and, and all those musicals and the way it, it was a big leap for her and um shows a, a great deal of confidence in her own ability which isn't which is remarkable you need it in this business yeah you've got to diversify i mean i started writing by accident really I mean, how did it come about? Oh, I know. I was working with Peter Edwards. Uh, do you remember Peter Edwards? He was Peter Edwards' son, yeah. and he used to run that. He was the head of drama yes. at HCV, and um, I was doing a thing called Dan Revine. It was in Welsh, and it was about the Romans taking over the Welsh. It was a comedy sitcom. It was, and um, I was talking to him like in the canteen, having a cup of tea, and this that, and the other and he, about my because he he'd known me from before as a singer and a performer. And I was talking about the work immense clubs. He said, you want to write something about that? I said, be funny, you know. I said, well, I could do it. So I, he said, jot something down for me to have a look. So I wrote something called Starlight Review, which is about a, a, a you know, concert party I used to go about with when I was a kid. And he liked it. And he, but he had another, and he put it up to um, the BBC and there was two in, that was in and um, Satellite City was in and they took Satellite City. I think they thought that was a bit more off the wall. But years later, Peter Kay does a sitcom all about workmen's clubs. Yeah. So that's how I started, just writing bits and pieces. Um, and then I did, as you know, the Aravadechi Ronda thing came to me and I did that. But I never thought of myself as a writer at all. Yeah. Um, I still don't really. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the success I've had doing it. And you just, and just before you go, I mean, time to update us with Peg's Boys. It's uh, it's still yeah. going well. That's the latest book from Johnny Tudor. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. It's going very well. I look at the graph every day. It goes up and down, up and down. <laughs> so somebody's buying it somewhere. You know what I mean? And I've had some lovely reviews, which is really nice. Um, yeah, it's funny. I remember Dorothy Squire saying to me once, she said, when you write a song, I said, I can't write a song. She said, you don't know, you never tried. And I said, yeah, I don't suppose I have, really. She said, it's a story, John. She said, it's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Write a story. And then if you've got a good story and, and the lyrics all fit, you've got a song, you know. So it was a good, good uh, yeah. bit of advice, really. Brilliant. What do you think about the new way people write songs? They don't put any middle eights in or anything. No, and they start with a they start with a hook straight away, and it's like it's uh, the, the world's changed. I don't know, it's gone, it's gone crazy. Yeah. It's gone crazy, John. It's gone crazy. Yeah. But you know those classic songs, those Frank Sinatra songs, Johnny Mercer, you know all those all yeah. those great yeah. songs. They will last forever. Well, they're standards, aren't they? That's what it is. Do you know what I miss? Every Sunday they used to have Don um, Black on. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he's to put all, and they, they cut his program after like ten years, and there's nothing that's followed it. So if anybody wants to hear lovely standards on a radio, you know, where are you going to find them? You can't yeah. find them anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about Don Black. Did I ever tell you about his brother? No, his Michael Black. <laughs> he was an agent, and he was married to uh, Julie Rogers, the singer. You know, and I met him on a ship once. We were doing a uh, a cruise, me and Julie, and he was on there. We laughed for three weeks. He used to come up with this stuff. I think he made half of it up. But the, the one thing he told me was the funniest thing he said. Do you know what Johnny said? I booked a brotherhood of man, he said, over in Malta. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I got a phone call. I said, the, the band can't read the music. I thought, well, I'm an impresario, me. I've had the money up front. I better get over there quick. He said, so I go over. I said, you got any musicians here? And the bloke said, we got an army band on Gozo. <laughs> he said, well, send me some. 
He said, they parachuted these out of the air. I said, I only wanted six. There was eight of them. They augmented. See? She said, the bass player picks up the music and he starts to shake. I said, what's up with him? He said, he's nervous. He said, I'll give him bleeding nervous. He got the doctor to give him an injection. He said, back at me if he didn't throw up in the middle of kisses for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure he made some of it up. He embellished it, you know. I said, you should be a comedian. He said, I was a comedian. I said, what kind of comedian? I was a footsteps comedian. I walked off to the sound of my own footsteps. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'll tell you how good I was. He said, he said, Percy Edwards got the stand innovation. <laughs> Percy Edwards was a bird impression. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, and the other Anakin. thing, yeah, the other thing about Don Black, you know, he was a, I think he was a song pusher or you know plugger, he was a song plugger, yeah. And and he, they it's got like, all these songs from abroad that you know in foreign languages on. So somebody had to come up with English words, so he did. And yeah, you know, Ita- Italian song most of them. That's right. Uh, oh, he's written some lovely stuff though. Yeah. I mean, if I never sing another song, I used to do that in my act. Beautiful song. Yeah. Um, no, he was very, very good at lyricists, you know, but he was a bit of an agent as well. He was uh, Matt Monroe's agent, you know. Yeah, amazing. Well, he was his manager, he was, Matt Monroe's manager. And I think he wrote, did he write Born? No, did he write Born Free? He may have. He wrote quite well, a lot. Did, of the, yeah, he t- took a the lot, tune. A lot of his yeah. hits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. All right, well, look, um, things on your to-do list. Uh, yeah. Maybe, well, you spoke to Larry Lamb. That'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could speak to Larry in the future and maybe have a bit of a, I don't know whether we're allowed, a bit of a Gavin and Stacey reunion maybe online. I, I'm sure I can get all the Larry. Well, I know I can get all the Larry. And if, if Larry will do it, perhaps Alison might do it. Maybe, maybe. I, I, depends how busy they are. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. 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 Yeah. And then we Look can get like, our Mel from Swansea. I don't, well, she's not too busy. You know what she's like? That's right. You, you go. She's doing, she doing, she doing a Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> With those eyes. My, no, she. And the thing is, um, she's flexible. You know. <laughs> I know that. I Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You know. Then <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend was an old flexible machine. <laughs> Glenn, on when he's at it again. <laughs> Lovely to see you, Johnny. Uh, it's goodbye from uh, him, and it's goodbye from him. See goodbye. you next week. Ta-da. Ta-da.